Hello, listeners. Welcome back to The Shameless Skinny. Yes, we still have a podcast. It just happens we haven't done one of these in like 10-ish months. Whoops. That's okay. It's been a chaotic year. It's been a chaotic year, but as always, I'm Olivia, and I have my sidekick, Guillaume, with me here today. Hello. Welcome. We did this podcast yesterday, full disclosure, but it didn't work out. And now we have to redo it. So we're getting to hang out two days in a row. That's exactly what I wanted. That was always the plan. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about what went wrong. I don't know. Maybe it was the water on the, but I feel like the Zoom could be fine. And we could, yeah. just, we could just do this. It worked out well for us last time. Wasn't the last podcast a Zoom podcast? Actually, yeah, it was a Zoom podcast when we had Cassidy and Matt join us. That was fun. What was that about? It was about a movie, right? Cassidy joined us as our TV person to hang out with me and talk about TV. And Matt joined to talk about John Mayer. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my John Mayer spirals. So yeah, what's up, Guillaume? How have you been the past 10 months? Not much. I lost half a tooth. Yeah. Uh, How's that going? I didn't ask you about that last night. Um, It's cool. So I went to go see my dentist and she was like, yeah, we need to put a crown on you. But then she took an x-ray and she was like, your wisdom teeth are also fucking up the rest of your mouth. So we have a lot of like crises happening simultaneously. You have a lot of dental work upcoming. Are your wisdom teeth, do you have to like get them surgically out or are you just like waiting for them to like pop out? No, like I have to get them surgically out. Like the problem is the one on the back right is like coming in. It's like making a hole on the tooth in front of it and it's like creating a cavity. So like it has to go. When's it going? I really wanted to keep it. When are you doing that? Uh, I have to get a consultation first on March 11th, and then I'll schedule it after that. That sucks. Well, I'm getting all four done in one day. Yeah, not a fan, not a fan. I'm excited. Um, That's going to be me. Not to brag, but I don't have any wisdom teeth. I'm jealous. So that's where we're at. But besides that, how have the past 10 months been treating you? Pretty cool. It's been okay. Okay. How about you? I think the past 10 months have been pretty depressing and it's kind of been suckish. Like not going to lie. Just going to sure. just going to be a Debbie Downer there. But there is a bright side. There's a new president, President Joe Biden. I'm wearing not it's a coincidence that I am wearing my Barbie Biden sweatshirt today. She is I can confirm. Yes. Um so, Wait, did you know his middle name is Robinette, by the way? Yes, I did. What what's up with that? I've never uh-huh. heard Robinette. I'm just going to assume it's like a family name. I've I've never done like research into where Robinette came from, but I know he's Joseph R. Biden and I Googled the R and or actually during the inauguration, didn't he have to say Robinette? I don't know. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch? Oh, it was a great day for me. I got drunk in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work too. I had like a three o'clock meeting and I was like, I shouldn't have had that many mimosas. It's okay. I'm sure everybody was a little fucked up. Um, Joe, Joe, we know you're a fan of the podcast. So if you'd like to come on and explain what the deal is with Robinette anytime. Bring me your family history. I would love to chat. Who would have thought that I would be so excited to have yet another extremely old white man as our president? Here we are. I'm thrilled. Mm -hmm. I feel like my Joe Biden bandwagon happened super quickly because just the other day I was looking at my time hop reading live tweets from the presidential debate from last year. And I remember having this thought and tweeting it. So like I had a good laugh when I saw it again. I was like, really? That wasn't that long ago. It was a year. It's been a year since the last presidential debate. But Mm -hmm. I was feeling like Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders were my different social class grandpas on different sides of the family that had to come and fake nice for the sake of their granddaughter, me, at her birthday party, the presidential debate. 
That's like, pretty on point. Yeah, I really felt like that's who they were as people. Like they don't really like each other, but they had to like get along for the sake of me and the American people. Yeah. Like they both have semi-redeemable qualities, but most of the time I'm like, God, you embarrass me. Like you're so old. They're representatives of our- It's going to be a lot more of that, definitely. Yeah, but look at me now. I'm thrilled to have this man as my president because literally anybody is better than Trump. I think, I think- most people are, are mostly more excited to have Kamala as VP more so than anything else. Yes. And I was, Guillaume was at my apartment yesterday, but I'm just going to cut to that part when we were talking about Kamala. She's joined the Pantheon up on the wall. She has. So I, I've got these new shelves going on above my TV because I have some fun artifacts that I wanted to like further display. They were buried in my bedroom. They're getting lost in the sea of nationals bobbleheads. We had a whole team over there. <laughs> we have a B team over here now. We had to move them over. But yes, I have my prayer candles. And I now have a framed photo of Kamala Harris because I feel like, you know, when service people have photos of people like the people that they serve under Guillaume at first thought that I meant like restaurant service people I just thought the same thing again <laughs> you really yes I don't mean restaurant service people I mean like military people will have pictures of the president or like general or whoever they respect that they serve under on their walls and I also don't know if this is a real thing or if this is something that I picked up from TV, but that's where I got the idea. I feel like it's really old fashioned. I don't think people still do that. I don't know. So I got the idea from watching Chuck, LOL. And the military guy, Casey, had a picture of Ronald Reagan up on his wall. And then every time he left his house, he would salute Ronald Reagan. And that's kind of where I got this idea. I have this picture of Kamala Harris now framed and I don't salute her. You I don't pay your respects. I, I pay my respects because I don't pray to her either. I pay my respects. I'm like, you're the boss bitch that led us here. You look like a boss on the cover of Vogue and you're our vice president. And that's something to celebrate. So yes. And it's the good Vogue cover too. It's the good Vogue cover. There was a little scandal between Vogue covers. It's the good one in the blue power suit because she's a boss bitch. And she looks presidential in this photo. So yes, she has joined the club, the team up there with all of my prayer candles. I've got RBG, Britney Spears, Dr. Fauci holding a Bible of COVID-19 facts and myths or whatever. Mm -hmm. Lizzie McGuire, Nancy Pelosi with her clap, her like outward clap. And Maggie Rogers, who started off the prayer candles. I never thought that I would get this far, but it's become like a fun thing that I'm doing. Thanks, Maggie. We also decided that I think that I'm going to Photoshop Guillaume onto a prayer candle and I'm going to add him to the list. Guillaume, how are you feeling about that? Oh, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. So actually, I wanted to ask you, do you think that prayer candles are considered offensive? Why would like they be the, offensive? The way that I'm doing them because I'm like playing on actual prayer candles. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'm religious enough to like actually care. No, I'm not either. But do you think if a super religious person walked into my apartment, they would be offended? Probably, but that's their problem now. Yeah, that was the argument I was trying to make. Bryce was trying <laughs> to tell me that I should be considerate of that they're maybe not the nicest thing. And I was like, well, you're coming in my apartment and I don't care. I mean, by the time they've gotten into your apartment, I feel like you would know whether or not they're the kind of person who would respond negatively to it. Yeah. Also, if they do, I still don't care. Sorry. Yeah. 
so yeah, Kamala Harris has been added to the wall. She's joined the team. I'm thrilled to have her, but I'm still pretty excited about Grandpa Joe. I had this dream one time where Joe Biden was in St. Kitts with me, Gabby, Allie, and Ange when we were in St. Kitts. We were all at this bar called Shipwreck, which was like this place that we were hanging out. So it was real. And Joe Biden sent us pictures and a margarita pizza and yelled up the bears across the bar, which was so fucking awesome. Wait, so what kind of pictures? What was in it? Beer? Um, I want to say margaritas, but I don't like margaritas. So I don't know. If Joe Biden sent me any type of alcohol, I wouldn't discriminate. So Joe, also, when you come on the podcast, please, margaritas. I think fondly of this dream. Um, my imagination definitely glorified him for me and increased my fondness for him. And now I'm calling him Grandpa Joe because I really, that's how I feel. He could be my grandpa. He's America's grandpa. He's America's grandpa, except actually I follow a lot of his grandkids like on social media. I think- How are they? What are they like? I think that they're really cool, but that just might be me like glorifying them. But yeah, they call him Pop. So like I've kind of outed myself calling him grandpa. Ooh, I call my dad Pop. Yeah, they call him Pop. He had a hat that they got engraved. It was like a Camp David hat with like the presidential seal on it and the back of it like had Pop on the back of it. They customized it for him. Very cool. He's such a nice grandpa. He plays Mario Kart with his grandkids. I still don't believe that. I think it's BS. I, I think that he can do it. There's literally only two buttons. Yeah, but that means there's so much more going on than two buttons. Is there? If a blue shell came in at Grandpa Joe, I don't think he'd know what was going on. I mean, I'm not saying that he'd be good at Mario Kart, but I'm not doubting that he played. I think I think he tries for his grandson. Yeah. I'll like, accept that. That's such a nice grandpa thing to do. So yeah, Joe Biden being the new president has been the highlight of my 10 months. Low light was the insurrection, obviously, and thinking I was going to get blown up and die. This was bump up from my normal everyday thinking of I'm going to get COVID and die. So it was kind of a rough early January for me. A very morbid year. It was a pretty morbid year. Still is, still happening. No end in sight. <laughs> oh, joy. My friends dubbed me the queen of doom scrolling because I was also addicted to Twitter during the election cycle and was, was always waiting for something bad to happen. Guillaume, yesterday you asked me what doom scrolling was. Yeah. I, I, I looked it up for you so we could have this conversation right now. The official Merriam-Webster definition is the practice of obsessively checking online news for updates, especially on social media feeds with the expectation that news will be bad such that the feeling of dread from this negative expectation fuels a compulsion to continue looking for updates in a self-perpetuating cycle. No good. No bueno. No, no bueno. It's not, it's not a fun place to be. It was like the Merriam-Webster word of the day. And I guess my friend Austin saw it and he was like, this is live and like sent it to our whole group chat. And everyone was like, uh-huh, that's me. And I was like, you get me. I thought it was cool. I don't like that you took it off your bio. I liked it. Thank you. So I started feeling like a little bit inauthentic when I had it up because since the new president has settled in, there hasn't been as much of like a crazy news cycle. Before I was like, we could get news at 3 a.m. that the world is on fire. And now I'm like, Grandpa Joe, he wants to stick to our nine to five Monday through Friday. He's cutting me a break. But now I'm like, what do I do? I have nothing to doom scroll, which isn't a problem, mm -hmm. but it felt a little bit inauthentic. We'll talk about my update for my Twitter bio later, but I am really appreciative that you noticed that it was my bio because 
I feel like I always notice other people's bios and I'm like, that's a cool bio. But I always wonder, I don't think anybody ever notices mine. Mm, I don't think that's true. Okay. Like, I didn't tell you prior to this that I liked your bio, but I, like, I definitely saw it. Love that. And I still remember your old, old one. Old, 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 old. Which one? I'm just a riddle wrapped in a mystery. Wrapped uh, in a... Peyton Sawyer. Yeah. Uh, back to the high school days. Mm-hmm. I had that quote in magazines up on my wall. I cut letters out of magazines. Wait, like a serial killer? Yeah, like just like a serial killer, but it was like artsy in my high school <laughs> days. So I got all these magazines and I cut letters out of them and I had them on my wall. And it said, I guess I'm just a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside a bitch because I tried so hard to be Peyton Sawyer in high school. And I loved her and I still love her, but I've grown out of that phase. It's not representative of who I am anymore. That's good. That's growth. Back to doom scrolling. It seems like really stupid, but think about that like gut feeling you get when something bad is going to happen. Like I lived with this feeling for months on end. It's a very niche depression, which also sounds stupid, but I've been teetering between extremely depressed about the state of our country and feeling anxious about surviving. Not a great place to be. Hence the lack of content for 10 months. I could only focus on the election and my misery. So having gotten a little bit past that, I realize, yes, my emotional state is too tied to politics, but I question, how can it not be? Like, how can we just ignore what's going on? I don't know. I feel like it's pretty easy. I watch TV. I feel like because I watch TV, like I'm like watching the news. I'm like, what what kind of TV are you watching? No, but like not news TV. It's just like shows. Like I'm just retreading like all of my old favorite TV shows to kill time. Do you? I have this problem. Okay, so half the shows that are on live right now are Uh are addressing COVID and half of them are ignoring it. And the other half of the shows that I watch are from like years ago. Yeah. I have this horrible feeling, this anxiety when I watch TV, no matter what it is, I'm like, oh my God, these people are touching each other. They're not wearing masks, all this stuff. Like, how are they going out in public? And then I'm like watching Gilmore Girls and it's from 2005. And I'm like, Olivia, calm down. Okay. So that didn't happen to me, but it happened to a friend of ours. I was watching The Room again by Tommy Wiseau, if you remember that movie. Okay, I was going to ask, I couldn't remember if it was The Room or Room, the one with Brie Larson, but Tommy Wiseau. That movie is also really good. That is a good movie, but The Room with Tommy Wiseau, got it. Yeah, so uh, we got to the scene where, if you watch the movie, there's a scene where they go to like a coffee shop and like, there's a solid like minute where people who are not characters in the movie are just ordering like food before the actual characters show up to order food. And as soon as that scene had passed, uh, our buddy made me pause and he was like, all right, so like, I know this is filmed in like the 90s or whatever, but like it felt really weird that they weren't wearing masks. I have that problem. And then I feel like the shows that are addressing COVID are doing a really half-assed job. Like I'm watching SVU today and they'll like, none of them are wearing masks in the precinct, in the squad room, all that. But then they'll go outside and they'll put them on but then they'll get to like the murder scene and take them back off. That's not how masks work. Well, okay. I can sort of, how many people are in their little like room? It's just like the same five people or whatever, right? I mean, there's the same five characters, but think about the setting of the squad room. There's probably like 50 people in there. Oh, is it? I don't know. I've never watched SVU. Really? Yeah, no, never. I don't understand why people love SVU so much. I like the original Law and Order. I don't like the original one. I just like SVU. 
why why do people like it i think it's so creepy sex crimes are like so gross oh my god it's super creepy i don't know i just maybe it's like an unconscious thing this is like kind of fucked up of like watching bad things that could potentially happen to me prepare me for like that situation in the future okay and also sort of wanting to see those people like get punished for it get their revenge yeah yeah I, I don't I'm not know a psychologist I carry mace in all my pockets like when I walk around town and then I called another one of my friends because I thought this guy was following me home one time he was just had a convenient he was also walking in the same direction but I, I was kind of freaked out and it was like getting dark out so I called mm -hmm. my friend Austin and I was like hey would you mind talking to me while I walk home so I don't get murdered by this guy behind me and he's like, yeah, but like, what if something happens to you? I'm like, it's going to be fine because I have my mace and you're going to be on the phone so I could just run away. And he like couldn't grasp that I carry mace with me. I'm like, my mom bought it for me. Well, that's because like we're dudes. Like I walk around, at, I walk the dog at like 11 o'clock sometimes. Yeah. Like, I don't really think about it. Yeah, that's crazy. He's like, I leave my house and like walk around Denver without my phone. Oh, well, okay. I, I wouldn't do, do that. that. I could never do that. Why does he leave his phone? He thinks it's freeing. Uh, I, I guess. But like, what if you want to listen to music? I feel like you're losing too much. I don't know. One with nature. Okay, good for him. I, I guess I understand what you meant by crunchy now. Earthy crunchy. <laughs> Earthy crunchy. So, yeah, I feel like because I live in D.C., maybe my tie to politics and my emotional state is like boosting. I think that's part of it. It's definitely part of it. But I don't think it's the same because it's not like all of it. Like, I don't understand how people can just go about their days and not care. I'm judging you. I'm sorry. I feel like there's so much at stake. And because I'm so into it, I'm looking down at people who aren't caring and realizing how important it is. But also as I'm judging you, I'm a little bit jealous of their laissez-faire attitude. So I think it's possible that those people were once in the same position that you were in and sort of came to grips with the fact that like on a day-to-day -day basis, there's really nothing for you to do. You just kind of got to let what's going to happen happen, which sucks, but. This is a very annoying place to be. Mm -hmm. It's definitely heightened because we live here, but I can't imagine going somewhere else and just completely like stopped caring or getting bothered by other people's lack of interest. I think you would because there's just so much other stuff to do in other places. Like what? I don't know. Like, I feel like New York's like artsy and like busy and loud and shit. Like you'd have to deal with your neighbor upstairs who sings opera instead oh of like God. politics. That's yeah. a real thing. Andy has a, has a neighbor who sings opera like no, randomly. That, I had a neighbor that sung opera. Did me, you do? Me and Andy bonded over it. That's a, that's weird. That's a weird yeah. that, that it's so common. Yes. I had a neighbor and I don't know where she is now because I haven't heard her since I moved into this apartment, but I used to live on top of this apartment. And you know how I was telling you that I could hear people through my air vents? Yeah. Okay, so I- Were you hearing opera? Yes. <laughs> I don't, that's the problem. So I can hear other people through my air vents, but I don't know which direction it's coming from. I'm like, can I hear, are you my next door neighbor? Are you my upstairs neighbor? Are you my downstairs neighbor? I don't know. You should yell back sometime. So I had a neighbor, well, I never really noticed because I never worked from home before the pandemic. So then during the middle of the days, I would start hearing opera music. And then one time I was thinking about opera music and it was up in my head. <laughs> I really like had to step back and I was like, 
why is opera music stuck in your head? Why are you thinking about opera music? And then I realized it wasn't my brain. It was actually out loud. Like I was hearing it through the air vents. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So yeah, I had a few instances where I snapped the opera music and Andy was like, I have an opera neighbor too. It's the worst. Rest in peace, opera lady. But back to not caring, like, I just don't think that I could do that. And I don't think that going somewhere else would make it better. Shit, I'm going to use you as a bad example, Guillaume. Oh, okay, here we go. You're moving to Texas. Maybe. Maybe moving to Texas. And you think, oh, it's not, we're not worried about politics here. We're Texas. We love guns. We love freedom. But then the whole... Texas freezes over and you have no power or water or heat and you should care about politics. I mean, definitely. I'm not saying that you shouldn't care. I guess I'm more saying that like, you need to accept that in your day-to-day life, there is no influence that you can have over like what happens politically. So you just have to like, let go a little bit. Like you can monitor for sure, but like, don't, don't get so invested that like, I am it drives you insane. I'm an extremely type A person and I like to be in control and not being in control of what's going on gives me so much anxiety. Yes, I need to go back to therapy. I don't know how to help you. I'm type B. I'm good with just like writing things out. Yeah, I just need to go back to therapy for that issue probably. Another thing that's bothering me is my work's lack of interest or rather emphasis on being human first. They're like, oh, we care about you, but actually work your 40 to 60 hours a week, but you don't get overtime. But also there's shit happening in the world and we're not going to acknowledge it. And please make your deadlines. I hate work. So I guess I have a question. Um, Like on, so January 6th, what was that? Like a Tuesday, right? It It was was a weekday. It was a Wednesday. Um, Did they say anything? Were they like, hey, like, no. Be safe. It's okay if you don't get whatever done. No. And meanwhile, I live three blocks away and I was scared that I was going to die. Yeah. Okay. So like in that circumstance, I can understand like wanting to hear something from them. Yeah. Like somebody a little bit care about me. <laughs> That's really all I'm asking. Mal was worried. I know. It was, it was thoughtful. Like my friends were worried, but are we not going to address that America is on fire right now? It's a total shit show and we're just going to keep working. Maybe it makes some people feel normal or feel like things are normal. It doesn't make me feel like that. America is so obsessed with working our 40 hour work week. I fucking hate it. Like I'm ready, <laughs> I feel that I'm ready to move to Europe three day weekend. One Take a siesta at noon. Yeah. Like, oh my God. When I, when I went to Spain, I fucking loved the siestas. We eat dinner at like nine o'clock. Everyone goes home at like four, takes a nap, hangs it's out. A bomb. For a it's a boss lifestyle. Maybe this is your, maybe this is uh, your time. You need to expat. No, I'm ready to do that. When we were talking about places you want to go, I don't want to go anywhere in America. I feel like America is my problem. Like (laughs) I want to go to Europe. I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. Universal healthcare. I would solve a lot of my anxieties and problems. I feel like I'd be- Go back to Prague. Maybe I will. My cousin lives there now. You need to get out of here. At least go on vacation somewhere. I do. I need to go. I would love to take a vacation. My old boss just went to Puerto Rico. Looked pretty cool. I can't take a vacation until I get a COVID vaccine. Can we get those yet? No. When can we get them? Hopefully soon. Uh, By July, I'm hoping. 
I'm tired of waiting. My mom can't get one. She's allergic to uh, eggs. And like, egg, I don't know, they're, they're, there's, eggs are used in the vaccine making process somewhere. So she can't use it. What happens to those people? Um, like herd immunity, I guess. Give is supposed it to to her and then like give her like an anaphylactic, like like an EpiPen shot or something like that after. That's what I thought. Like, I feel like you could get around this pretty easily, but maybe not. I feel like there's more people than your mom that have this issue. Yeah, absolutely. So but maybe they're the people that herd, herd immunity is like for. Like once we're all vaccinated, they won't need to be. I don't, I mean, I, I agree with that, but I don't believe that we're going to get to herd immunity because Americans are fucking dumb. It's all fucked up. But yeah, I feel like this whole like 40 hour work week, all this bullshit, pandemic, it fucks with your mental health. It's not great. I can tell you that this whole like working from home, living alone in like a 500 square foot apartment with no social interaction, society crumbling and it getting dark at 5 p.m. That was the cherry on top, the 5 p.m. thing. That's fucked up. It's just been so bad for my mental health and my productivity. Mm -hmm. There have been multiple occasions just in January where I've, where I've realized that my fucked up brain has transcended to present itself as physical symptoms. And I'm like, I can't get out of bed. Like my head hurts so bad. And then meanwhile, I'm unable to focus and I'm stuck in this cycle of being stressed about work because I can't work because I'm stressed about life. So what do you do? What happens? I don't do anything. I lay there in my, in my like anxiety under my weighted blanket. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Is this a real life doom scroll? Is this like a self-perpetuating cycle? <laughs> I guess so. This is horrible. And like just doing my job is exhausting enough. And it's making me jealous of all the people who are going through this whole artistic and personal awakenings right now. But you could do it too. You already got the skills. You know how to use Photoshop. Yeah. The point is I could, but I don't have the energy or the ideas or the productivity working in my favor at the moment. Just doing this podcast took us 10 months. It took me an insomnia text to Guillaume at 2 a.m. being like, I want to do a podcast. And then I proceeded to write all of the thoughts that were in my head at 2 a.m. when I couldn't sleep. And that's what <laughs> into this podcast. This is true. Yeah. So maybe my insomnia worked for one benefit for the first time in 10 months. I feel like I get that way too, though. Like, I like really want to do stuff at like, two in the morning or like 4 a.m. if I just like wake up randomly, but then I wake up again at nine and I'm like, no thanks. Yeah, it's really bad. I was having this conversation this weekend with a group of people who believed that the pandemic was supposed to happen and during this period of our lifetimes. They were like, oh, it's a positive thing. It's supposed to happen while we're this age in this moment of our life. Everything happens for a reason and we'll get some type of lesson or growth from it. And yes, if you're an optimistic person, I can understand how that's a nice viewpoint. Do you agree with that? I don't think that works for you. You're too type A for that. Yes. I, like, I don't think you can deal with like cosmic nonsense very well. I like, so I like Zodiac stuff. I do believe in the cosmic stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't believe, no, I'm a pes I'm very pessimistic about this scenario. I feel like all the pandemic has brought me is depression and anxiety and highlighted my lack of direction and inability to make things happen. Um, but I don't think it had to be that way, I guess. No, it doesn't have to be, but I have to work for it. And yeah. like, as I've been saying, I've been exhausted. Like I literally haven't been able to do anything. I don't know. I feel like everybody's tired. 
some people are tired, but like some people are like going through these like artistic awakenings and like being so creative. And I'm like, how do you have the time and energy to do that? I'm just trying to survive right now. Maybe that's how they're surviving. Yeah. They need to like create colorful shit to make up for all the good experience they would normally have. I don't know, but I respect those people and I'm jealous of them. I saw this, I actually saw a tweet this morning that said, I'm grateful to have learned a lot about myself this past year. Like now I know I don't enjoy spending all year inside seeing no one and constantly fearing death. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? The Aquarius in me is literally screaming to get out of this feeling and go start a new life somewhere else and hope it gets better. But then I'm like, would moving be good or just a distraction for a minute? Like I could go somewhere, feel the same, and then just be extra alone. That I think be- for you, it's a distraction because I've never heard you talk about living anywhere besides DC. I'm down to go somewhere, but I don't, I don't have an idea in my mind. I'm like, if you wanted to go somewhere, if somewhere was your dream and you were like, hey, Olivia, you want to come? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, this is fucking cool. This is my opportunity. I'll go with you. Okay. But like going by myself, I still would consider it like if the right opportunity have presented itself, like if I got a cool job somewhere, etc. Yeah. But like there's nowhere that I'm really like dying to go. Well, I know we did this yesterday, but you're not interested in most of the major cities in this country. I mean, they just don't have what's the draw? Seattle, wall of gum, art Seattle? city, but also yeah, rainy. Pretty interesting to me. I feel like that would be like higher up on the list. I feel like you would get bummed out with all the rain though. Is that a myth? Does it actually always rain? I don't, not always, but I think it rains a lot. I feel like it rains a lot here. Um, mm, I can't really disagree with you. So maybe it rains more there. Yeah, that would kind of suck. But I think it's really pretty based on like the stills I see on Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's in Seattle? Yeah, Seattle Grey's Hospital. Actually, it's Graceland Memorial Hospital now, but it used to be Seattle Grace. Why did um, they change it? Because they bought the hospital and then they named it after their dead friends. Oh. Memorial Hospital. Okay. 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 Yeah. So keeps them in their namesake. But yeah, you have this desire to like go somewhere new. And I wish that I had that. I don't know. That's not a bad thing. Like maybe you're just satisfied where you are. It's but- not like you were unhappy in DC pre-pandemic. No, I wasn't. That's true. But I was also only here for like a minute before the pandemic happened. So I feel when like, did I, you, what? When did you move? I thought you'd been here like way longer than that. Um, I got here in October and the pandemic started in March. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of, I mean, I was here for the World Series, which was a highlight in my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really wasn't here for that long. And that's why I feel like this pandemic like really fucked up my mojo. Then I have this thought process of feeling bad that the pandemic fucked up my mojo because I'm healthy. I haven't really super been impacted. People are dying and I need to like be more gracious and understanding about like the ways of the world and understand that people are going through it right now and it doesn't only revolve around you, Olivia. Yeah, but you're allowed to be like upset that shit's fucked up for you. (sighs) I don't know. Just like the whole idea of what to do next. I feel like every conversation that I'm having is when we get out of this, like, what are you going to do next? And I don't know what I want to do next. And I feel like- You take a nap on the mall, for sure. I mean, I could do that now. (laughs) Can you? Okay, well then, I don't know. 
yesterday I was like, I really didn't want to go outside, but I was like, I have to go outside because I do notice that like, I get really like sad and depressed when I don't go outside and get some fresh air. So okay. I was like, I have to go exercise, but I wasn't in the mood. So I ended up, I was going to go for a walk, but then I walked by a Starbucks and then I treated myself to Starbucks and I sat on a bench on the National <laughs> Mall for like an hour. But I do think that's like a good question. Like what, what do you want to do post pandemic? Like go to a concert at the Anthem? Oh my like God. Bars. I want to go to every single concert at the Anthem there will ever be. I never wanted to be in a mosh pit, but I would love to be. I don't I, think you'd be good in a mosh pit. That's no, not really your scene. No, I really hate that stuff. But I usually am the taller person. So like it can like elbow people out of my way. <laughs> mosh pits are not my scene. You're correct. I would have to be on mad drugs for that to be my scene. I want to be in the front row of a concert, rocking out with a crowd of people. Like that's yeah. fucking awesome. I think post-pandemic people are going to like wild out and like, that'll be fun. Okay. So it is Aquarius season, which means we're having like a renaissance of like arts and culture happening for the next year, a couple of years. I don't know the specific timeline, Mm -hmm. but things are going to happen. And that's when, when we have the conversation of, do you think this was meant to happen now? I believe that a little bit plays into it. Like we're going to get some really creative and inspiring stuff out of this from those people that I was mentioning are having these awakenings. I am just not one of them. It's okay. So like, it is pretty awesome that like science is happening and they're making vaccines in like a short amount of time because that's never really been a thing before. Definitely. Mad respect to science. And they're kind of fucking it up though. Are they? Like they're bad at like getting people vaccines. Like it's very confusing. That's not science's fault. That's No, I'm not saying it's science's fault. I'm just saying, like, they finally started making them at, like, high rates, I guess. But, like, they're not good at distributing them. Like, I know Hogan has wasted a bunch. I know, like, up in New York, Cuomo did the same thing. Like, I'm just not sure what's going on. Yeah, that is not my pay grade. That is for those people to figure out. But they should be doing better. Mm-hmm. back to like what's coming next like I feel like all these conversations are happening like what are you going to do next as if like what you're doing now isn't good enough are you going to go back to school are you going to work for promotion are you going to find a boyfriend is this like a generational thing like am I having this conversation with only my grandma like I don't know like I have it with my friends too it's like what what are we aspiring to what are we going to get out of this time yeah I don't know I don't know to answer the question mm, I don't think I have an answer either I don't have anything I don't have anything specific that I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. I feel like this podcast is always about my lack of direction. Like literally anytime I have like a life crisis, I'm like, I want to make a podcast. Okay. We need to, we need to like work on you then. We need to get you going somewhere. Where should we go? We should do, (laughs) LOL. I just had this idea. This is a really bad idea. Okay. I just had this idea. I thought of like Emily in Paris, which is like such a dumb show. All right. What? I don't know anything about this show other than that like Indian woman on Twitter who turned into a meme because she like claimed that she wrote Emily in Paris. Yeah, that person is really funny. I do follow her. Uh, (laughs) She was like, I am the writer for Emily in Paris. Yes, my show is stupid. No, we do not deserve a Golden Globe. (laughs) So basically Emily in Paris was nominated for a Golden Globe, which is batshit crazy. That That bad? That is the whole idea of white privilege. Emily in Paris is the dumbest show you will ever watch. Don't get me wrong. I watched the whole thing. It was very entertaining. I have a crush on Gabrielle. I will be returning for season two. But does it deserve a Golden Globe nomination? 
no, somebody's white daddy bought that for them. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Michaela Cole, who wrote and who wrote, directed, like starred in all the stuff, I May Destroy You on HBO, literally about her own rape. She got raped twice, turned it into a show about her life. And like, it's so raw and real and emotional. It's fantastic television. That's the example of a pure artist. Like, got nothing. Maybe people just can't handle that. Um, People have a hard time watching it. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a sad show, but it's also like a little bit relatable. It's like, what do we do now? Like you were, you were talking about SVU, Mm -hmm. like SVU just catches the guy, but what happens after that? Court in jail, I would hope. What happens to the person, the victim? Oh. It's kind of about her life, like a whole year after and like how she like reels. It's a really good show. I do recommend it. I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole on HBO Max. It does sound good. Yeah, I do recommend. But yeah, I feel like my worth is dependent on what's next. And that's like a really stupid societal viewpoint. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't really agree with that at all. Like, I think people are worth stuff like in and of themselves, you know? Wait, what? I... I, it's like, it's such a weird, like abstract thought that I'm having a hard time making it coherent. But like, I feel like people inherently have like value. Like, it's not really about what we're going to do next. I think people are curious to see like people who they view as like talented or like skilled, curious to see like what they do next. So maybe it's more of a compliment than anything else, but. That could be true. I could change my mind frame. I'm just a pessimistic person at the moment. I need, to, um, I need to work on my optimism. Yeah, you need to you need to get like a daily dose of serotonin or something. Yeah, I probably do. <laughs> I have to find a psychiatrist on my list of things to do. Still, <laughs> I still haven't done that. Um, but yeah, since I'm 26 now, I got my own fucking health insurance. That's not fun. I'm not excited about that. That's not that's, me till June. That's not fun. But you know, I also read a tweet that was like, since you're 26, Meredith, have you ever seen the Parent Trap game? Uh, I've seen the Lindsay Lohan one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Meredith Blake, the evil stepmom, blonde woman, mm-hmm. she's only 26. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. So I could play the role of Meredith Blake, quit my job, move to Napa, seduce some hot millionaire dads that look like Dennis Quaid. Um, okay, was the actor 26 or was the character 26? No, the character Meredith Blake was 26. Okay, but how old is the actor? I don't know. I'll look it up after this. Because I feel like I hate that they do that. Like they're like 20 year olds are actually like these 20 year olds are in high school. Yeah. They look super like, like mature and shit, but. Like Riverdale. Those guys are like 27, <laughs> 17 year olds. Yeah. So I, c- I could do that. Actually, Napa, I've never been, but that would be a place that I would desire to go. Napa? Like California? Yeah. Like wine country. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's laid back there. You do well. You could go to like a vineyard every weekend. Yeah, I would do great there. Oh, that's that's on my list. I feel like we did discover something here. You could rebrand. You could be a sommelier. The, what's this tannins? That's all I know. <laughs> no, that's actually better than I know. Because I've never been, when you go to a winery, I just go to drink. I don't go to like learn about the wine. Yeah, same. But when you go to a brewery, like I've been on a couple brewery tours, they like show you how they like make the beer and they add the hops and they like do the things in the barrels. And then you get the beer at the end. So yeah, this is where we're at. My quarantine pandemic tagline has been, we're surviving, not thriving. It's fine. I'm fine. 
I feel like Ross in the episode of Friends where he's like, I'm fine. And like, Wait, you're saying it too many times. I'm fine. And like, <laughs> and everyone's like, are you okay? And he's like, <clears throat> I'm fine. You know, in a lower pitched voice to like convince everyone that he's, he's cool. So I'm, I'm fine in my lower pitched voice to convince everyone I'm cool. I'm convinced you did it. Thank you. Try hard. So another thing I've been really trying to get into, you're going to like this, reading, mm. except I'm lazy, so I've been doing audiobooks. Do you judge me because I've been listening to audiobooks and like not actually reading? I'm not anti-audiobook. When I was a kid, I used to fall asleep listening to audiobooks. Yeah, so I couldn't, I wouldn't like to fall asleep because then you could just keep listening and you wouldn't know what where you were versus if like you were falling asleep reading a book, the page would be open. You are correct. That happened to me all the time. Yeah, that would be rough. So yeah, I've been into audiobooks. I've been listening to them on my walks. So I'm like t- trying to average a book a week. So Do you feel like you're learning anything? Um, yes and no. Like I listened to my favorite book, Untamed, but I have read that like before. And this was the third time that I listened to it via audiobook. Mm-hmm. But I always, it always makes me feel better. It's more, it's a memoir, but it's like gives you life lessons. And I also in this was the universe doing its magic. Whenever I would like go on a walk and I was like feeling down and like I would put it on, it would always be at like the best spot that would like teach me a lesson about whatever I was going through at this very moment. Like it was very, so I was like, I was meant to listen to this part this day, whatever. So yeah, I've been into the memoirs. I did read actually Trevor Noah's memoir. Um, Oh, was it a born a crime? Yeah. Have you read that one? It's so good. Um, and it's being turned into a movie, which I'm pretty excited about. Oh, I didn't know that. Lupita Nyong'o is going to play his mom. Dope. Love her. How is he doing, by the way? I haven't seen like The Daily Show in forever. He is dating Minka Kelly. I don't know who that is. I know her name, but I can't picture her. Did you ever watch Friday Night Lights? No. Uh, she was the hot girl. Lila Garrity. Uh... Oh, she's pretty. Yeah, she's really pretty and like good for Trevor Noah. I feel like I have seen her somewhere. She dated Derek Jeter for a while. No. Oh, she's in Titans. I just started watching. So uh, Brodsky got me to watch Titans. What's Titans? It's like based off of Teen Titans, which is like a cartoon I used to watch when I was a kid. I don't watch those. But yeah, I asked my cousins if they had any book recommendations for me the other day. And they replied. They were like, what are you into? And I replied, I do not know because I am new to reading. So I'm open. Did you not read before? No. I was was always under the impression that you read. I really, thank you. That makes me feel like (laughs) well-cultured. No, my friend Taylor is an author. I would read her books, which I really enjoyed. But that was pretty much it. I never like branched out otherwise. So I feel like the past year I've been doing more reading. Um, Okay. I guess I'll recommend a book called the Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Coelho. What's it about? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's about this, like, it's about chasing your dreams, basically. Like, this kid has a dream about, like, uh, the pyramids and, like, finding a treasure and all this, like, mystical shit. And, like, it starts off with him having this, like, internal monologue where he's like, should I even do this? Like, I had a weird dream. Does that mean something? Um, And then he decides to go pursue it and, like, meets a bunch of challenges but decides to overcome them and it's like it's it's motivating every time I get bummed out I read it that actually sounds pretty interesting I'm gonna make you text me the title to that because I will listen I got you I have it on my bookshelf if you want to borrow it cool 
Um, so yeah, now that I, I find that I'm not doom scrolling, I have all this time to read, which is a weird feeling because I was so engulfed by social media and news and election cycle the past like two years. That's been a long time. But you've also been, that counts as reading. I've been thinking about that recently. Like people read a lot, just not Oh, I read a lot. I consume a lot of information, but like books, I never read books front to cover. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know why it's hard to transition from social media to books. You know what I mean? Like you're still reading the same amount. I feel like. I don't know. There's definitely like scientific studies on it. How social media is one of the reasons why it's like detrimental for your health, because I expect my brain like wants to just like skim top to bottom, like not actually like spend the time Internal, yeah. an article and like processing a story and all that crap. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely like studies on that. I don't know. But if we were considering that, I did, I did dedicate a lot of my time to consuming the news and that like whole craziness of anything could happen at any moment. And now grandpa Joe is like back to our normal work day schedule. I mean, that's important, like staying up with current events. Yeah, definitely. But then it's like, what do I do with all my free time now? Reading can't fulfill all of my time. If you just like make shit up, just make something weird for Instagram. Yeah. So I was fixated on my Twitter bio. (laughs) Okay. I had to change my Twitter bio from queen of doom scrolling because I felt that it was becoming inauthentic. So where did we end up? So... I don't know if I've shared my feelings on Twitter bios before, but I feel like they have to perfectly encapsulate a person to which, yes, is a big expectation, but this is why I'm jealous of so many people having such amazing bios. I'm always looking at other people's bios. I'm like, who do you think? Are you asking like, who do I think has a great bio? Yes. Mostly journos that I follow on Twitter that post celebrity news, like things that I'm interested in. That's fine. But like, what's, I guess like, Give me an example of like a bio that you just like love. Like you read that and you were like, that's fucking awesome. Like that describes you to a T. Oh, fuck. There, I feel like there's so many and off the top of my head. So there's, okay. There's this girl that I follow, Taylor Truden, who I think Mm -hmm. she works for New York Mag, but she does the pop culture column. So she's like, her bio is like profesh teenager or something like that. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, like that encapsulates her job and her feed and like everything. So in my efforts to be Twitter famous myself over the past 10 years, I have never fulfilled these standards. I set my own high criteria and I've never met it. I've always fallen short and I'm always changing things. And I'm thinking that like people don't notice because I'm changing them. So it does bring me joy that you noticed that my bio was queen of doom scrolling for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Maddie, Maddie sent me this amazing TikTok about the little women characters. And I felt so seen and I don't use the word amazing lightly because I do not like TikTok. So this means a lot. It's about the little women. And basically this one girl, she does the TikTok. That's like, what's a video that lives rent free in your head. Mm-hmm. And she's like, everybody thinks that they're a Joe, but no one is brave enough to admit that they're an Amy. We all know a Meg and we all know a Beth but it actually makes you the baddest bitch to admit that you're an Amy. Like suck it up and admit it. You're not a Joe, basically. And let so me- So you're an Amy? What? Are you an Amy? So Joe, just to give you some, a little bit of background on the Little Women characters, Guillaume, I love the Little Women. Um, you should watch that with me sometime. I feel like that would be fun. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I made Bryce come over and watch it and he fell asleep, which was very upsetting to me. <laughs> 
I was like, this is my favorite movie and you're ruining it. Cause I wanted to watch it over Christmas because they celebrate Christmas. The middle of the movie, it's not a Christmas movie. But oh, celebrate. so it's, oh, okay. So it's not a Christmas movie. It's not like a Christmas movie because it spans like years. It's not like Die Hard. I got you. Yeah. But yeah, just like Die Hard. So yeah, I wanted to watch it around. No, not like Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay. Maybe it is. I don't actually know. I've never seen it. <laughs> you should. It's fantastic, but continue. <laughs> okay. I prefer to stick to the little women. <laughs> um, so basically, Joe is like the main character and you resonate with her. She's the protagonist of the story. She's the writer, all this stuff. You think mm-hmm. you, want, you wish well upon her, but then she has this like love story, but not with this guy named Lori, who's played by Timothee Chalamet, little Timmy. I love little Timmy. Yes. Hot boy I, Timmy. I love, he is a hot boy. I love saying Timothee when I realize that's how you pronounce his name. People are like, Timothy. And like, that is- Is that actually how you say it? Well, actually, I don't- I thought I, you were messing around. No, 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 no. I actually heard this on a podcast, so don't quote me. I think I heard it on okay. the- I think, I think I heard it on the We Need to Talk About Britney podcast, but she was like, actually, it's pronounced Timothee Chamelet. And I was like, I love that. And I'm going to say that from is now. Is he like French or like Canadian? No, he's born in New York, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That'd be like if I don't know how would someone pronounce your name French? Uh, uh, I don't have the accent for it, but like Guillaume Pierre Louis or something. I don't know. Yeah, like when you were on your other Zoom and your name was Gigi, I was like Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be the French pronunciation of your name. So that's where I. I get. wouldn't mind that. I'd be a fan. Timote Chamolet. But yeah, so Joe and Lori are like star-crossed lovers, best friends. They're supposed to be together. But then he confesses his love for her and she's like, I'm not meant to fall in love. I'm not meant to be a wife. Like I'm meant to be a writer and do greater things. And he's like, oh, I got to go be a fuck boy in Europe to like get over my heartbreak. And then he runs into Amy, her little sister, who's just like annoying, but she's fine. She's like, she's like the one, honestly, she's a Leo. I'm going to tell you that she's, she is like, she tries to be the star of the show and like get everyone's attention and like loves attention basically. Oh, but she's the little sister. They're all like that. The little sister. So the little sisters are always like that, but she was the most like similar to Joe in that respect. She like mm-hmm. wanted to be somebody. And then her, she ran into Lori in Europe. I forget what country. And basically he told her that love is a lie and she shouldn't marry this other guy that she's going to marry and she should marry him. And then they come back from Europe when Joe is like, I miss you, Timmy. I'm going to confess my love to you when you get home. And then he's like, surprise, I married your sister. That's kind of fucked up to be like, love is a lie, but like be in love with me. It's so fucked up. And it just kind of, it doesn't ruin the movie because it's just like really sad. And I'm sure that happens in real life. Not actually like this scenario. I hope not. I hope not too. I think that sisters should be better to each other. But I was, I don't know where I was going with this story, <laughs> but basically it just, the, t- the TikTok, the backstory is you want to be a Joe, but you're not a Joe, you're an Amy. And you have to admit that, like, it makes you a bad bitch to admit that, just admit it. So then she starts listing the little women characters as her Zodiac signs. And I was like, oh my God. And then I thought about it and I was like, I'm a Meg Sun, a Joe Moon, and an Amy Rising. And this is the most perfect description of me I will ever get. Like, 
personality, Zodiac, pop culture wise, it checked all of the boxes. I was like, this is my new Twitter bio. I won the lottery. My small feet, AKA my new bio has been the bright side of my life in recent months. Good. I fixate on my social persona and maybe that's not great, but I'm pretty excited about the little women's Zodiacs. It's something. But Guillaume, I have to share with you. Earlier today, I Googled Little Women Zodiacs to like pull up the TikTok to like find it and watch it again. Uh-huh. And actually, I didn't Google Little Women TikToks. I Googled Little Women Astrology and I found out that Timmy, aka Lori, is mm-hmm. a leaper too. And it makes so much sense. He's like, whatever personality is just like yours. Oh, sweet. We'd be best friends then. Yeah. So I really wish this accomplishment was something that I could put on my resume. I'm so thrilled about it. I wish my Twitter was my resume to be honest. I still think you should. Just put it, fine print. Fine print. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm Liv. I'm a Meg Sun, Joe Moon, Amy Rising. And then the dumbass men will be like, huh? And they'll more easily weed out those jobs for me while also differentiating me as a bad bitch to those who do understand and I'll be hired on the basis of my glowing personality. If you apply to be a vulture writer, I think they'd be like, I like her energy. It'd be perfect. I think that they would too. I, yeah, I think, I think that's a nice dream for me. So in the case that anybody is listening to this podcast resonates with my little women personality traits and wants to hire a boss bitch, call me, tweet me (laughs) if you want to reach me. I have to stop myself from doing that. What? The little Kim Possible thing. Yeah. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Oh, Guillaume. I have thought. Back to your prayer candle. Can we sell them as shameless skinny merch? That's fine. I think that people would buy them. I'm okay with being merchandised. I think that this could be a fun idea that we go forward with. Who would buy it? Our friends. I don't see. Okay, Bobby would buy it. Bobby's a weirdo. I would buy it. That's it. it. You would buy it. Or we could just gift them to people. That we could do. Happy birthday. Here's a prayer candle of Guillaume. I know it's your birthday, but my gift is me. I'm behind it. Okay, cool. Let, we're going to do that. We're going to circle back. We may or may not try to sell these candles on Instagram. So be- stay tuned. What I wanted to wind down with is obviously more pop culture. This wouldn't be a new episode if we didn't discuss a few things happening in the world right now mm-hmm. the three things i want to talk about were britney spears army hammer and the new high school musical the musical the series oh, oh my god like out of control out of control but fantastic okay so that's what i had like set up for today but i also wanted to ask you about daft punk are you oh a, okay are you a daft punk fan uh I'm not like a hardcore, like I'm not like all emotional about them breaking up the way that I feel like a lot of people on Twitter are. Yeah, I was, I wanted to ask you because I feel like I'm missing something. Like, I feel like I know like maybe one Daft Punk song, but I got on Twitter this morning and I felt like everyone was mourning. Oh dude, Daft Punk is like in the, is is the DNA and like a lot of different music. Like, okay, you know, harder, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. That's their song, but that Kanye took that and turned it into stronger and like, made it take off in a completely different way. Um, oh. I mean, there were a lot of people who like blasted Daft Punk at like parties in college. Um, Do I just like not know that I know Daft Punk? Honestly, probably. Interesting. Like you, I'm sure that you've heard Daft Punk without recognizing that it was Daft Punk. Okay. Do you I remember heard- the 
that acapella group, Pentatonics. Yeah. They got huge doing like a, an acapella version of like, um, I don't know, like a medley of Daft Punk songs. Like that was how they got big. Really? Yeah, I can send it to you. Like, I thought it was amazing. I'd be curious to watch that. Okay, okay, um, I got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, my dad like sent a text to our family group chat because I'm, I'm sure that he saw it on Twitter too. And he was like, Daft Punk is ending. And Ethan was like, Ethan sent a sad face. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, am I supposed to be sad about this? Like, I really don't understand what the big deal is. And they were like, are you a heartless bitch? And I was like, <laughs> maybe I am. I don't know. I think I'm missing something. So I think that you just connected the dots that they're like, kind of like the OGs of music. Yeah, they're they're like a big influence. I think it's odd that they're breaking up now because they haven't really done anything in almost a decade. Yeah, it seems like more for publicity that they're like, hey, we're ending versus just like phasing out because haven't they been a band for like 20 something years? For a long time. So like, I wouldn't imagine that they'd do it forever. No. I that they would retire. Actually, I guess I was hoping that they would die Daft Punk. I just like love it. I love the whole like iconography of it. Like two dudes. Do you these... know what they actually look like? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, like okay. they know who they are. Oh, okay. It's not like or actually, no, we know what Sia looks like now, too. Um, the only person who kept that gimmick up was MF Doom. Do you know who that is? No. He was a rapper who died a couple months ago, I think, from COVID. Oh, that's sad. Um, but he also just, like, wore a mask. And apparently what he would do was, like, um, when people would approach him for, like, interviews after, after shows, he would just, like, put the mask on, like, a fan and then, like, leave. And so, like, it was always a random person doing these interviews. Like there was no consistent MF doom. Oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we addressed that because I feel like I learned a little bit, but we need to talk about Britney. Okay. It's just a need. You haven't watched the New York Times documentary. No, I have not, but I've heard a lot about it. I think that you should watch it. For anyone who's listening, if you haven't watched it, it's called New York Times Presents. You can find it on Hulu or FX if you have like on demand or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. I highly recommend this activity to help everyone have like a basic understanding of what's going on and why it's important. There's shit going down and we need to know about, and I'm going to try to do my best to give you the skinny of like what I know, but I still do recommend that people go watch it. Okay. So what's going on? Basically since 2008, Brittany has been under this thing called a conservatorship. And by definition, a conservatorship is a legal concept that appoints someone to be the guardian of either someone else's financial affairs or their person due to physical or mental limitations, such as old age. Mm-hmm. So since 2008, post her highly publicized mental breakdown, Britney Spears has been in a conservatorship managed by her father and his lawyer. She hasn't been in control of any of her money. She hasn't been able to make any health decisions for herself. She's basically been ruled incompetent by our court systems. Okay. You think about that, like, you know, Britney Spears, you don't know, no one really knows Britney Spears, but you've seen her. Yes, she had a mental breakdown in 2007, but you would think that she has recovered since then and would be able to make decisions for herself and like healthcare. And I don't know about money. I guess that's like a different issue, but she's under both of these conservatorships, money and person. She isn't mm-hmm. able to make any decisions. Is it not normally... So like, I don't really know a whole lot about conservatorships. Is it, is it not normally like holistic? Like, is it normally portioned out like that where there's like a legal conservatorship and then a monetary one? I believe so. The things that I was reading were like, there's two. You don't have to be in both, but she is in both. 
Hmm. It's been rumored that she only agreed to enter the conservatorship so the courts would look favorably upon her when it came to gaining back custody of her two children because in 2007, she lost custody of her babies to KFED. And I think that also played a role in like her mental health and all that, all those problems. So she, it's been rumored that she entered this in the hopes that she would be able to better become a mother and gain back her rights. But she has actually been given no rights. All of her rights have been stripped away and she has no rights legally to take care of herself. Mm-hmm. And I do also want to point out that early on, she hasn't, Brittany hasn't said a lot about it because she's not allowed to speak for herself. That's one issue. Mm-hmm. But early on when she was giving like public interviews, she did publicly express distaste for the conservatorship model and the fact that it's being managed by her father specifically, Jamie Spears. So I have a question. Yeah. Um, with this documentary, is she at all involved or no. did New York Times just decide to do this? No, they asked there at the end, it's like people we asked for comment, no comment from okay. all years. But there is footage of her in old interviews. Speaking being, about this. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just kind of showing you who she was, how she came up in the industry, not only as a pop star, but as an advocate for herself and her career. When she went to New York to become a star, her parents didn't go with her. Her dad was never really in the picture in her childhood, which is an interesting point. Like he was always struggling with like alcohol or money issues. Like he really wasn't like a prominent father figure in her life growing up. And then she left and she became a pop star and her mom was available and always supportive of her, but she had little baby Jamie Lynn to take care of back in Louisiana. So she appointed like guardianship to their family friend Fee Mm-hmm. who her name's Felicia. She kind of like took care of her and like watched out for her. Where is her mom in all this? Lynn. Yeah. Um, oh, that's why she's Jamie Lynn Spears. Yeah, but it's so stupid because they dropped the E. Lynn Spears is spelled with an E, L-Y-N-N-E. But okay. Jamie Lynn, there is no E. Yeah. I don't know. It's still like Jamie Lynn. I mean, I guess that's how I would spell it too. But just the whole fact that she's named after her parents and abbreviated their names, but it's not actually her mom's name. I think that's the weird part. (laughs) Her mom has expressed, she's since come out with like a book or a memoir and said, my daughter's not crazy. She's been through some shit. She most definitely had postpartum depression because she literally was a 24 year old girl. She was a girl. She was a baby. She already had two babies in the span of three years by the time that she was 24. Mm -hmm. Like, that's insane. The whole world was stalking her, taking pictures, talking poorly about her. I have seen that stuff on Twitter. Judging her ability to be a mother. That does damage. Mm -hmm. So when people think about Britney nowadays, they think about her breakdown. But the documentary really details how the media and society have attacked Britney potentially causing or contributing to her mental health issues and how we failed her. So the Free Britney movement that's kind of erupted via social media works to highlight these issues on behalf of Britney because she isn't allowed to speak for herself. So I think what the documentary does best is like humanizing the issue. You get to see her as a girl like working and she wasn't a wallflower, like letting other people make decisions for her. She was actively making all of her career decisions. She was involved in the everything from like financials to stage direction to 
I don't know what, what like producing a tour would involve. Yeah, which but, is super cool. But like she people, was, people thought it was like awesome that Bruno Mars like did it for this Super Bowl. But like if yeah. she was doing it all the way back then. Yeah, she was doing it as a 16 year old. She was very competent and capable. She was a young woman who was working hard. You don't realize this when you think back about her. You think, oh, she went crazy. So it does a really good job of showing you how she was a boss bitch and working hard for herself and how it's really hard to imagine that now she's considered mentally unstable and can't take care of herself. Like that's just hard to believe. I just don't believe that. So what do you think comes next? She's been trying to get out of this conservatorship for many years now, but the problem is nobody worked to help her get better. I feel like Britney was knocked down and she was expected to stay that way. Like Jamie Spears entered the picture. He inserted himself into this position. He's struggled with alcohol and money problems. And he thought, oh, this is my way of latching on to my daughter's million. Yeah, this is his golden goose. Yeah, not caring as a father, just a self-righteous, greedy asshole to benefit from his daughter's instability. Um, Do you think Kim K might sort of like get involved the way that she did for- That's she like, a really interesting point. Like now that she's sort of doing advocacy. Now I that she's like, like a lawyer. <laughs> uh, I don't even mean, I forgot about that actually, but I just meant that like, since she advocated for that woman, Alice Smith, I want to say. Yeah, her name was like Alice. brought it to Trump. I think yeah. it would be easier for her to like go to Kamala or like Joe and be like, hey, can y'all take a look at this? Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. I've never thought about that. That's a good point. I don't know. We should tweet her and tell her to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're maybe, maybe not right now. Maybe in like a couple months. Why? Because she's oh, getting divorced. Are you going through your divorce? <laughs> <laughs> but this would bring you even more fame if you helped free Britney. So yeah, Jamie Spears has been riding these coattails and Brittany has stated on numerous occasions that she's scared of her father. She doesn't want him in control of anything. And if she has to be in a conservatorship, she'd like an independent third-party lawyer representing her, which I really don't feel like is too much to ask given the circumstances. So- um, Does, sorry, like going back into family stuff, has Jamie Lynn, like- has Jamie Lynn Spears spoken on behalf of her sister about this no, stuff at all? She hasn't. She's kind of said like, please leave our family alone. Like no one knows what we're going through. Like I love my sister, all that. She's done like her words of support, but has never addressed the conservatorship specifically. Okay. What makes this case, I think, particularly interesting is that nobody has ever gotten themselves out of the conservatorship. Like yeah. they're, they're not for young people to work themselves out of. They're usually for old people who die. So there's this gray area of, okay, she's been in this thing for over 10 years now. She's almost 40 and seemingly perfectly capable of taking care of herself, but she's not legally allowed to? Like, how does one get out of that? And the legal system is just, it's just not set up to help people easily get out of these binding agreements. So that's mm -hmm. where we're at today. It's really sad. It is. But I also think Britney's story challenges us as a society to think about how we're treating young women in the spotlight. The media's horrible treatment of young women, highlighted in this case specifically, has certainly happened to and demonized other people, like, for example, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, just to name a few. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, yeah. Like, if anything, it challenges us to think about how our perceptions of people are being framed and how we may need to alter such perceptions and move forward in a more positive manner. 
I think that everyone should have a basic understanding of what's going on so they can speak to it and support the positive way forward. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to talk about, Brittany. Did you have anything else to add? Not really. No. Cool. Glad we did that. The second story I wanted to touch upon, which I'm more prepared to talk about today, mm-hmm. is Army Hammer. It's fucking crazy, dude. I like, know. And you keep saying it's not funny, but I sort of find the whole situation kind of funny. Okay. You can't, I can't not make jokes about it. Yeah. You can't not laugh, I have to say. But like, you have to acknowledge that like, we shouldn't be laughing. It's definitely gross and creepy and weird. But like, I just have too many questions about like how it works or like what happened. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not as many details we know. Like we know a lot more about Britney's situation, mm-hmm. but we we have heard the news that Army Hammer is a cannibal. And at first that does sound kind of funny, but then you realize it's not a joke and that's where things get crazy. Multiple text conversations between Army and different women have surfaced online with examples of him saying that He wants to drink their blood, chew on their ribs, and groom women into becoming like vessels for his weird sexual fantasies. Mm. So here's where I shout out to my friend Rachel for providing me these examples on such short notice, but she sent me screenshots with the following DMs. Quote, you just live to obey and be my slave. I will own you. That's my soul, my brain, my spirit, my body. Would you come be my property till you die? If I wanted to cut off one of your toes and keep it with me in my pocket so I always had a piece of you in my possession, I'd chase you down and pounce on you so fast if you tried to get away. Like, what? Weird. Cut off Buffalo Bill. and keep it in my pocket? That's so bad. Here's another one. I need to drink your blood. Why the distance? Cutting you into pieces and fucking the pieces. Can you send me a picture? But I want you to bite yourself again. Think of me eating you. What do you need to walk for? You just lay on the pile on the floor and I'll fuck you whenever I walk past you. That's bad. That's pretty bad. This is bad. And the even more sad part about this story is that people are considering this BDSM and they're just brushing it off. Like, no, that's like not, do people not know what BDSM is? I don't think so. This is not BDSM. This is BDSM has like rules. It's pretty strict. This is like, those people are like mutually agreeing to that scenario and that's fine. But this is like Stockholm syndrome for these women. Like these women are like, getting pulled in and getting abused and you're like did you not think that this was fucked up and they're like yeah but it was normalized and I didn't comfortable saying no or like expressing my discomfort and then also he explicitly said he'd chase them down if they tried to get away it's weird it's very weird like this isn't BDSM this is truly like a wild scenario with a man that needs to be held accountable for his delusional fantasies yes And the only reason I feel like he's gotten away with it for this long is because he's so beautiful and thus powerful. So I know last night you told me that his publicist quit. Yeah. So here's the other like completely wild part of this story. So you think that's bad. The other part of the story is that he may or may not be involved in the death of three women. Think about Army Hammer, successful Hollywood star, deciding mid-pandemic and quarantine that construction is his new passion. 
like you know it was secretly always his passion you know it was between being a construction worker and an actor and you know it's between being a construction worker and a millionaire movie star <laughs> I, I choose construction worker so that's a little bit weird but he works this three-month construction stint over the summer and then three bodies are found like not even 10 minutes away from the site that he was working at that's questionable so since this news came out, yes, his publicist quit, which is a little bit unheard of in Hollywood for such a big news story. Mm -hmm. Like publicists make bank during situations like these. Did Weinstein's publicist ditch him? I feel like they didn't. I don't know. In Hollywood, if your publicist quits, my understanding is, yeah, bro, you're probably a fucking murderer. Yeah. There's, there's no twist on this. You're a cannibal, you're a murderer. You killed these women, you sucked on their bones, decided that construction was the best way for you to get rid of and dump their bodies, and then magically decided that construction wasn't for you anymore, and maybe I should go back to acting. But he did it badly. He wasn't even good at covering up the crime. What's sad is that he's been getting away with this. Like, the DMs are, like, some of them are dated, like, 2016, 2017. Really? Yeah. His wife divorced him within the past year, so, like, I feel like she definitely knows Oh, also there's this, I don't know like how much of this is true, but mm -hmm. so he also like kind of became famous by starring in Call Me By Your Name with Timotei. Okay. The Gay Love Story, which was actually a great movie. And there's, there's always people who are like, when's the second one? Like, let's get a follow-up. And um, now I saw on Twitter, like his wife has, before she commented publicly on the scenario, mm -hmm. there was like a rumor that Timothée and the director of Call Me By Your Name were teaming up for a movie about cannibalism. And his wife, Elizabeth Chambers, like commented on the news story, like, LOL, laugh <laughs> So like, I don't know to what extent people knew about this, but it's been happening. And all I'm saying is it's fucking wild and we shouldn't be sleeping on this cannibalism story. Well, I'm curious to see how it plays out. We probably won't see anything for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I have no idea. But I guess if he flees the country, well, that'll be our answer. So yeah, the last thing I wanted to touch upon today was this High School Musical, the musical, the series, Love Triangle going on. I know you love the title of the show. It's a nightmare. It's a terrible title. Okay, so I thought it was a really bad title too until I started watching it. And then I was like, this kind of fits. So let me tell you the plot of this show because I was anti High School Musical, the musical, the series based on the title as well. Also, I'm 26 mm -hmm. and I probably shouldn't be watching Disney Channel. But that's beside the point. It's okay. I feel like that show is kind of for people our age, though. Like people who watched High School Musical. No, I think it's for the younger generation. But it's so meta. Okay, so you didn't know it was meta. So I'm that's gonna, true. I'm going to describe to our listeners how it's a meta show. And it's actually pretty entertaining. And it may be for you. So basically, High School Musical, the movie, the set was East High in New Mexico. And basically, the show is about... It's meta, so they talk about High School Musical, the movie, filming at their high school. It's about the high schoolers who actually go to East High and their spring musical that's upcoming that they're like casting for. Like, think about you're in high school, you're doing like fucking Grease in the spring. Everybody has that. Mm -hmm. They're actually doing High School Musical. Like, they're doing like a meta spring musical of their own school. And like the main characters are trying out to be like Gabriella and Troy. So that's where High School Musical, the musical, this series comes from. Just a little bit back. Hey. 
but yeah, I feel like it's 2005 again. And yes, I'm 26 years old, thriving on yet another High School Musical's cast drama, but here's the skinny on the players involved. We have Olivia Rodrigo, our initial protagonist. Olivia came out with a little song you may have heard of called Driver's License. Guillaume, how do you feel about Driver's License? Um, so I haven't, like, so you showed me that SNL skit, and I haven't listened to it enough times to, like, I don't know, be be as emotional about it as they were. Yeah. But I've definitely heard it before, and it's it kind of snaps. Yeah, it's a fucking banger. Um, but, but I also didn't know that, I, I didn't know enough about, like, Olivia Rodrigo to understand, like, that the song was actually about a bunch of drama. Yeah, so it's basically like the beauty of the song is that it's just like a teenage girl in her bedroom, but it's so relatable. Like everybody has like a, oh, remember that time I hung out with you and talked about this and now we're not friends anymore. We broke up and now I can't do those things because it makes me sad. That's kind of what the song is about. So it's a banger. I feel it in my bones every time I listen to it. Like I wish that I was driving around, belting out the bridge at the top of my lungs. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't on the band. I wasn't like a huge like bandwagon fan at first, but since I've been listening to it, I'm like, yeah, this slaps. Like it gets stuck in my head. Yeah, I want to play it. So yeah, Olivia is the main character. Olivia is her actual name, just BGW. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what her name is in the show. I watched it like in February, I think. Um, but Olivia is the main character in Disney's High School Musical, the musical, the series. She's going to play Vanessa Hudgens' character, Gabriella. And alongside our other key player, Joshua Bassett, who is your Gen Z, Zac Efron. So they're the two leads in HSM. And in real life, they actually also used to date. And now Olivia's song is about her looking back on their relationship and how he's now moved on with a blonde girl who makes her feel insecure and now she's all alone. Mm -hmm. So enter the blonde girl, Sabrina Carpenter, who's also a V-talented Disney Channel star who now dates Josh. And she's also not on High School Musical, just the two of them are. Joshua replied to Driver's License. Driver's License came out, I think on like January 8th, beginning of the year, it's been a fucking banger. It kind of like blasted them and like not on purpose. I also want to say that the media took it like way too far. They were like, oh my God. And she was just like, I'm just a girl singing a song about my emotions. Like let her live. Yeah. Um, but Joshua replied to driver's license with a song called Lie, Lie, Lie. And guess what that's about? Um, Olivia Lie. Yeah. So he's claiming Olivia's a liar and she's not the innocent one in whatever scenario that he's referring to. Then we have that and it's like he released a song and then Sabrina Carpenter released a song referring to the situation as well called Skin and the premise is basically, yeah, I'm the blonde girl, but I'm not letting you get under my skin and lie about it because he's mine and quote, don't drive yourself insane and quote, get over it. Could you imagine if this is how like spats played out for us in high school? Like people just started writing diss tracks. Honestly, that would have been a way more entertaining high school experience. Yeah, I agree. Whoa, like this is very dramatic news to follow. And as I'm now considered old by Gen Z, knowing the details of this love triangle helps keep me young and entertained. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you. I just, I wanted to bring you up to speed because as you know, Driver's License is a TikTok song. I'm not Mm. on TikTok, but I wanted you and everyone to know what's going on because 
it's a fucking good song. It slaps. And I do want to point out that like, I'm not personally considering Sabrina Carpenter to be the villain of the story. Like that's definitely a played out scenario. Before all of this, I was actually a fan of Sabrina's work and her talent. She has a killer voice. Before Broadway closed, she was set to star as Katie Heron and Mean Girls on Broadway, which was pretty exciting. I did see that show. It's Would really have been great cool. for her. Oh, wait. So she did actually get to like perform. I think maybe she did like one or two, but then like it closed right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she was set to be the new incoming star and then Broadway closed, um, which was pretty sad, but I was pretty excited about that for her. Like that's an awesome power move and she's really talented. So while this love triangle does entertain us, we don't have to pit these women against each other and can be fans of each of their individual artistries. Sure, we can just say Josh, what is his name, Bassett, Barrett? Yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, maybe it's his fault, probably his fault. So that's all I had for you, everyone, you, everyone today. I appreciate you guys listening, hanging around for one plus hours, give or take. I don't know. We'll see what happens when this gets cut. But thanks, Gam. Of um, course. And in conclusion, it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Also, stay tuned for your prayer candles. Yeah, a little clueless reference for you to end us off. Thank you, Cher Horowitz. We are out.